Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore, and on Twitter at beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome back. We are here, episode number 25. What, what? The Beers and Bible Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Rick. And I'm your other host, Patrick. And, hey, this episode is going to release on Valentine's Day. Yeah, so if you are listening to it, that means that you either screwed up Valentine's Day. (laughs) Please don't listen to this episode until Saturday. How about that? Or first thing Friday morning. Or first thing Friday morning. And by like, first thing, yeah. we mean like 7 a.m. Yes. Eastern Standard Time. Yes. If you're on the West Coast or Left Coast or whatever you want to call it, then you're probably still asleep at this point. Probably so. But, so yeah. Episode number Fun 25. Times. We are... We're, hey, a we're a quarter century old. We're a quarter of the way to 100 of these, which <laughs> coincidentally, I think, is how many episodes it's going to take us to get through... Concise theology. You're probably not wrong. Tonight you're not far off. Tonight we're going to try to get through three sections. So maybe I, I'm praying for people who try to listen to this podcast on like double speed or something. Do you ever do that? I don't actually because I, I guess I could start, but it would mess with my brain. I think too much. I, I, I know I you can. I know the research says that if you listen to it on like one and a half speed, you can still retain all the information. Mm-hmm. I'm still a little skeptical of that. So I tried to listen to Ben Shapiro's podcast on double speed one time. Yeah, that was a mistake. And it sounded like a chipmunk. <laughs> so I re- I listened to one of his books one time, and I just uh-huh. listened to it at normal speed. And there would be like 45 minutes or an hour's worth of stuff, and I'd go, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep listening and call this a book read so that's right (laughs) done check next (laughs) oh man well we're back uh we're still um having to do two different beers yeah which is which is fine because y'all are just getting more and more beer recommendations yeah what you're doing and uh for those of you if you did not listen to the last week's episode um Go back and listen to Go it. Go back first. and listen to it. You'll get some. You'll get some vital information. But if you don't want to do that, we're not in the same area anymore. Uh, one of us has moved. Yes, I don't remember if we revealed that last week or not. Which one of us is moved? So I'm going to play it. Play it smooth, like we didn't say exactly somebody, who moved. Somebody moved. Somebody. Somebody's somewhere in a different. Else. Someone is not in the same place where they were. Yes. So we are for the time being. And seeing if this works, we're going to, um, if we can't get the same beer, if we don't have enough time to get it figured out or whatever, uh, we'll just each review, review our own beers and yes. you guys will get a double dose of beer to try on your own. Of course, if you're 
you would have to be close to both locations to be able to probably mm-hmm. get both of them. You never know, man. You never know. You're tr- you're right. So, <laughs> um, so what do you have for tonight? So, so tonight I went back to one of our old faves. I went back to the Highland Brewing Company in Asheville, North Carolina. Ooh, that was the first five. Yes, that was the one, the Gaelic Ale that I gave Gaelic Ale. five Luthers. Um, that was the, I'm jumping out of my seat to give this a five to yes. cut you off. I remember um, that. <laughs> that was, also remember that was the one where we tried recording outside and your computer crashed. Yes. That was a fun oh. night. So, <laughs> anyway, so from Highland Brewing, I've got the Daycation IPA, um, the ABV is 4.9%. It's got an IBU. It's got 40 IBUs. Um, so it's, it would probably be, it's a little higher than what you would probably like there, Rick. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of in my wheelhouse. Um, my wife drank it the other night and said that she really enjoyed it. So my wife is nice. the guinea, my wife is the guinea She's pig, the <laughs> but I don't try anything, um, until we record. There you um, go. That's but, the way it's supposed to be. So the can. Let me get it out of my koozie here. My keep it cold koozie. Keep it cold. Um, I mean, it's real simple. Yellow, green mountains. So Highland, the thing I, that I like about Highland is like all their cans kind of look the same. With different colors. They're just different colors. Yeah. It's a different color scheme. So all their beers just have their own little color scheme. Yeah. But everything else is like the same. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. The, uh, the website says that it... This uh, daycation celebrates stone fruit and herbal notes and layers of bright citrus. So, I'm expecting a citrusy, grapefruit, orange kind of taste, probably. Nice. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But So, yeah, that's what I've got. That's what you've got tonight. Yeah. What do you I have, have there, Rick? I found something new. Um, this one is called 205 from Trim Tab Brewing. And if you're at all familiar with the state of Alabama, 205 is the area code for Birmingham, okay. Alabama. I know that because I know someone who lives there. I can't reveal who it is because that would give it away. Uh, but this is brewed in Birmingham, Alabama. So quick question this is down the street from Atlanta. Quick question. Is yes. this person a listener of the podcast? Possibly. Okay. Possibly. I think they do. Well, um, shout out to that person. If you know <laughs> shout you out to that person living in Birmingham. Uh, but yeah, so this is called 205, The Spirit of Quality. And it's a Southern Pale Ale. And it actually says gravitational nectar on the bottom. I have no idea what that means, gravitational nectar. I'd try that beer. Um, but it's but it sounds fun. Uh, it actually has all of the, the stuff on it. So ABV is five and a half. The bitterness is 40, 40 IBU. So we're in and the same IBU. Range. This one has something new that I've never seen before. Color intensity. Oh, okay. And it's three SRM, whatever that means. I don't know, but it's three SRM. <laughs> if that thing's not bright purple when you pour it out, I'm, you should throw it away. Color scale three, uh, whatever that means. So, so yeah, Trim Tab Brewing in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Birmingham won the, or this brewery won the best of, I guess, in Birmingham. Yeah, best of Birmingham in 2018. So, looks like fine. Can is kind of fun. It's just kind of like this red and white thing, which is mm-hmm. pretty common in the state of Alabama, I guess. Their flag is red and white, so 
That would make uh, sense. The, the actual the red section is is actually I'm guessing this is a map of the city of Birmingham. There's just, it looks it's just got a bunch of streets and stuff on it. So I'm assuming that's a map of the city of Birmingham. And uh, yeah, there we go. So I guess it's time to crack them up and pour them up and see what uh see what we see what three sr srm means. Yeah. You do that. I'm <laughs> not going to find out on my end, but I am going to crack this mine open. So when so you're ready, go. one, two, three, crack. Ooh. So just off the initial smell test, you know what this smells like? It smells like the dogfish head. Okay. I, I could, I could see that. Mine is, um, I mean, I know I said it a lot last week, but I'm back in the Mighty Banyan ballpark. <laughs> if this tastes like what it smells like, I can already tell you what I'm going to rate it. It looks pretty good. I think I'm going to. I think nice. I'm really going to like this one. I got a much better job of pouring it up this week. I didn't. You? I didn't use my fancy spancy tool this week. Um, just because I didn't feel like it. Um, okay. So I did some extra research while you were talking, not because I wasn't listening, but um, <laughs> so, so the Daycation IPA finished fourth in the 2017 Paste Magazine Best Session IPAs. Nice. What they did, they um, poured them up blind and then tasted them all kind of individually and ranked them. Mm. There were 52 other beers in this uh, in this wow, shindig, and it, it finished fourth. Um, the only ones that beat it were, uh, let's see here, some uh, Noble Ale Works, Nose Candy from Anaheim, hmm. Night Shift More from Everett, Massachusetts, and Southern Prohibition Brewing Devil's Harvest from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Nice. So those are the three beers out of fifty-two that beat Daycation IPA in. Paste magazines, whatever they did in 2017. <laughs> so, there you yeah. go. Uh, Tab has a bunch of beers, too. Good to know. They've got a... So, the 205 is a Southern Pale. They have an IPA. They have a Raspberry Berliner Weiss. Whatever that means. Sounds um, like, a, like <laughs> their Berlin Weiss is a ger- it makes it sound German. Yeah, uh, they have a standard lager. That's probably that's probably my alley right there. Um, all of their beers look like they say "gravitational nectar" on it, so maybe that's like the maybe that's their slogan, their slogan or something like that. Garden of Fire, double IPA, <laughs> Dreams of Paradise, Kitchen Sink Two. <laughs> they have some fun names. Anywho, so let's turn this thing up because I'm kind of excited about this thing. It smells. It actually smells good, but it's got like a little, little grapefruit smell to it. All right. Well, but that's that's what made me think. Uh, that's what made me think dogfish head. All right. Well, so here we go. Here we go. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. All right. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Why don't you go first? I'm processing. Right. You're processing. So this is. I mean, if if this were. Side by side with the dogfish head, the double uh, flesh and blood, 
I would not be able to tell them apart. Really? Yeah, the only difference is the color. I remember the dog, the Dark Fish Flesh had, and Blood had, being had a more had red, a red, tint. red tint. This one is more just traditional uh, ale color. Yeah. Uh, but the, the taste, the flavor, the body, the, uh, I mean, everything about it just, just says dogfish head, flesh and blood to me. Um, I gave that one three and a half, so I'll give this one three and a half. <laughs> Something told me you were going to give it three and a half just based on your initial reaction to the smell. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's, I mean, it's good. Uh, I could, I would drink it if, if it were around, I would drink it. I would drink it with a dinner or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would think about ordering it in public. Um, but, uh, but it's not quite to a four. It's not quite, I, you know, I really like this. It's just a, I mean, it's just a good, this is a good standard, uh, you know, beer. Yeah. Southern pale ale. Three and a half liters on a scale of one to five. The 205 from Trim Tab Brewing gets three and a half liters. Well, I'm, I'm going to give um, the Vacation IPA from Highland Brewing, I'm going to give it four luthers. Okay. Four out of five. Um, it's a little bitter. It's a little more bitter than the one from Creature Comforts that I had last week. Um, Tropicalia. Tropicalia. That was the name of it. It's a little more bitter. It's got a little bit more bite to it. I really enjoyed that. Um, the citrus flavor isn't overpowering, but it is there. Okay. Um, it's got bite, and it's got... um. The best term I can think to use is like a prickly body to it. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Um, I think so. It's... it's the the mouthfeel is not like super smooth is oh, okay. is, is what I'm trying to get at. It's like it's almost like the if you get a uh something that's too carbonated and all yeah. the bubbles are, are like popping yeah. in your mouth. Yeah. It's it's that's kind of the experience I'm having right now and I don't dislike mm-hmm. it. Um it's it's a good beer. Um meets expectations. You know, the smell and the taste match up. It's not like it smells like one thing and tastes something tastes like something else. Yeah. Um but it's good. It's it's not a Gaelic Ale 5. So yeah. Highland Brewing's average is brought down to like four and a half liters. <laughs> oh, you're slacking. So, you're slacking, Highland. But I do enjoy it. It's um, it's a good beer. I could see this being a good dinner or grilling beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. I will probably go back to this one. Honestly, okay. that that I think that's going to be the measuring stick we we need to start using is, you know, would we go back? Would we, would we on purpose buy this again? I, I would on purpose buy 205 again. I would. I mean, it, 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 it would have to be one of those, like you're in the, it has to be something you're in the mood for. Yeah. Yeah. I, it has to be like a, I would, th- I'm thinking it's going to have to be a summer day and I'm planning on, you know, like hanging out outside and relaxing and not doing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And just drinking a couple of beers throughout the day, mm-hmm. like that's what that's what this would be, and that's what the that's what the flesh and blood was for me. It was yeah. just kind of a I do hanging that. out beer. Yeah, uh, and that's what this. Yeah, that's what this would be. It's good. I mean, I like it. It's even at forty IBUs, which for me is typically it's a little higher than you like. Yeah, you like you 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 would prefer like thirty and lower. Yeah, I really would. But but man, that's really good. Not gonna lie, I yeah. would uh, I would drink that again. Yeah, and same for me on the vacation IPA. I would, 
I would go buy this again, and I probably will go buy it again when we run out. Yeah. I'll say it this way. I'm not upset that there's five more in my fridge. Yes. <laughs> Man, what are we going to do now? You know, in the past, if you've, if one of us is, and it's usually been you, has <laughs> rated a beer like two and a half or lower Luthers. Here, take the leftovers. What are you going to do now? I'll give them to my wife or children. I don't know. I wouldn't give them I'm to I'm not going to give them to my children. That is a joke. <laughs> well... No one called defects. Please don't call. Do not need somebody knocking on my door. Uh, sir? So, anyway. But, yeah. So, there you go. And, listen, now that we're, you know, we're kind of forced to having to exponentially get more and more beers <laughs> under our belt, um, if our listeners have any suggestions, let us know. We're Throw them out there. Yeah. We'll give you the we'll give you contact information at the end of the episode, but be thinking about that as you're listening to us ramble on through concise theology here. Because <laughs> that's really what we do. We just kind of ramble. <laughs> it really is, but hey, it's fun rambling though. And if you keep coming back, we'll keep rambling. So that that's and probably if you don't keep coming back, we're still going to ramble because yep. we like to do it. It's fun for us. Yes. So anyway, that is. Trim Tab 205 at Highland Brewing Daycation. Two good beers. Got three and a half on the 205. We got four Luthers on the Daycation. So good work there. Breweries. We found a new brewery this week in Trim Tab and, and uh, looking forward to maybe finding another, a couple of other ones from that one because I did see some more there. But now we will move on to Concise Theology. We're going to continue in the discussion on the person and work of Jesus Christ right now. And we are back. I hope that you are enjoying a cold brew now as we dive back into Concise Theology by J.I. Packer. And tonight we're going to try to tackle three sections three chapters of the book can i call them chapters if they're only like a page long i'm going to maybe i'm going to so um so first we're going to talk about obedience we're going to talk about vocation and then we're going to wrap up with transfiguration if all goes according to plan we're going to knock those three out tonight (laughs) of course if all goes according to expectation we might get through one and just say that's enough so Done with that. So anyway, so first we're going to start off with obedience. Jesus Christ fulfills his father's redemptive will. Um, Yes. I guess the obedience of Christ is something that like we as believers don't think about, like how important it was that he was obedient from, from leaving heaven and from coming from, to earth, from coming to earth to his death on the cross he walked every single step of his life with obedience. Yes. And I don't think, you know, is it, Paul, is it Paul that says Christ was obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross? Yes. So this is, in, in theology circles, they actually call this active obedience. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, and, and because they're, they're really putting an emphasis, not an overemphasis, but they're making sure to define the humanity of Christ. Right. Because it wasn't just this, like, spiritual 
being that appeared like flesh. I mean, it was Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity in flesh form, actively doing the things that, that he was sent by the Father to do. Mm-hmm. And so he has to do these things in order to be the Messiah. Right. So, and that, and that uh, Packer brings up, uh, was it John 5, where he's talking, and uh, he actually introduces it, John 5, um, where it says, Jesus gave them this answer, and he's talking to, if I'm remembering right, John chapter 5, he's talking to the, the Jews, and he says, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Right. And so he is, he's showing that he is one with the father. Mm-hmm. And later in John, he actually says, I and the father are one. Right. Um, you know, but, but he's, but he's saying that the things that I do are directly related to my relationship with the father because I am in perfect obedience to the father. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, you know, Jesus, saying I'm in perfect obedience to the father is a great example of his humility to the father. Yes. Of him remaining in that humble state, you know, he's the second person of the Trinity. He has every right to walk around and say, you know what? All y'all dumb. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and you know, and this is, this is how you should be living your life. But instead Jesus allows the father to lead his steps every single every single step of the way even as he's carrying the cross that is an act of obedience yeah um and so you know it shows this paints this very paints a very humble picture of Jesus to know that he is in every right he has every right to sorry I'm I'm Trying to trying to word it, but he has <laughs> he has every right to take control of the earth, yes, like he will when he comes again. But instead, he remains a humble servant and and serves the people that need him the most, that need to be served the most. Jesus served the lowest of the lows out of humility and out of obedience yeah. to the Father. Yeah, and and so. So the the obedience and the vocation actually kind of blend together a little bit in this aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the most popular passages on on the vocation of Christ or, or what he came to do is Philippians chapter two, um, where it talks about Christ humbling himself and and basically humbling himself and taking on Christ. And and there's there's some debate on because the the word there means humbled or or it could mean emptied, and some people take that to say to say that Christ emptied himself of his divinity, so he was not divine um, when he was in flesh form. And and the the classic creeds and confessions of of uh, the church would tell us, you know, they they would say, no, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Christ was one hundred percent man and one hundred percent God, and here's a litany of scripture verses to support both of those claims. Um, and so, so you end up with, uh, his humbling is, is a part of his active obedience right? that, that really shows who he is and why he came and what he came to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then that unfolds into, into what Packer 
talks about in in the covenant of redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the ultimate act of obedience for Christ is, and that's what he's here for. He's here for the redemption of mankind, and and so he's here to do the will of the Father, which goes back to that John chapter five. I can do only what I see the Father doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so he's here to do the Son. He's here as the Son to do the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. And and Packer actually brings out the Westminster Confession. Yeah. Um, read that first chapter because that's that's uh, chapter eight, paragraph one of the Westminster Confession. There, uh, real quick, do you have that whole thing memorized to know exactly what everything is? Uh, the Westminster Confession. Yeah. No. Okay. So anyway, I just I know, well I know it's the same. It's very similar to the 1689, and I and I've studied a little bit in the 1689, and I know it's. Chapter eight, paragraph one in the sixteen eighty nine. So I was just curious how you knew what chapter and what paragraph it was. <laughs> are you a lawyer? What are you doing? So, it's the it's the opening paragraph about Christ the mediator okay. in that in that chapter. Okay, so um here Packer pulls from Westminster Confession and he summarizes this agreement between the Father and Son. And um he said or he says that the Westminster Confession summarizes the agreement between Father and Son as it pleased God in his eternal purpose to choose and ordain the Lord Jesus, his only begotten son, to be the mediator between God and man, the prophet, priest, and king, the head and savior of his church, the heir of all things, and judge of the world, unto whom he did from all eternity give a people to be his seed and to be by him in time redeemed, called, justified, sanctified, and glorified. Amen and amen, right? Yeah, I mean, really. <laughs> and in that whole, you know, that this leads to this, like, these two stages of the agreement between the Father and the Son. Yes. Um, the first being the humiliation of Jesus, that oh. the Son lets go of his glory to come yes. to earth and through incarnation becomes a poor man and also a religious outsider, he, Jesus spoke with authority and taught in ways that the prophets, or the, or the priests rather, could not have taught. They didn't have the yeah. authority to talk that way. But Jesus was still an outsider in the religious world. Yeah, they didn't like him very much. I mean, I wouldn't like a guy coming into coming into my place of business and flipping tables and cracking whips either, <laughs> saying, "Get out of my well, house." You, you also him. don't like a guy coming into to where you've been. I mean, you've basically had the gravy train, and he comes in and is like, "Hey, you're basically children of Satan." True. And you know, uh, I mean, there's several times where he does that to the religious leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he he, you know, you you do what you see your father doing because your father is Satan. Uh, is is essentially what he says yeah. to him, and so. You know, if if I were if I were a religious leader, I probably would feel the same way about Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm not going to say I'm not going to be too conceited enough to think that I would be better than any one of them, right? Uh, because because that I mean that's the the nature and the reality of of our hearts, yeah. Apart from Christ, and that's what they were. They were apart from Christ. Yeah. And, and think about this too. Like you're the son of God. Like not you, but like yeah, Jesus is the son of God. And he comes, and he knows that he's the Son of God. He knows that he's the he's God the Son. Mm-hmm. And yet the religious people that 
have been teaching the Jews for so long how to live and and the, they're teaching them the word of God, sort of. They're the ones the that way are, they wanted to teach them the word of God. They're, they're they're the ones that are saying, you know, Jesus, you probably don't need to be here. And they're ultimately the ones that lead Jesus to his death, mm-hmm. or not lead him to his death because his death was always was ordained before the foundation of the world. Yeah, they set an emotion. They, they, pl- they played their part. Yes, <laughs> they played their part. It, I'm trying to be really careful in how I word things with all this knowledge that I have now. <laughs> it, it makes you careful with your words. <clears throat> yeah. So, so they are absolutely 100% guilty of crucifying the Son of God. Yes, they did that. And we also can say at the same time, that was the part that they were supposed to play right. in the redemption of mankind. Right. You know, because that's the, that's the reality. You know, nobody wants to be the person who... No one, something no, one, no one wakes up going, you know what? I want to be Judas today. Yeah. Yeah. But in our Judas hearts. Judas didn't even wake up doing that. Really? <laughs> I mean. In our hearts, that's what we do, though. You but, know. Okay. So think about this. If we're, if, I mean, we're rabbit trailing for a second, but. <laughs> it's all right. When Jesus called Judas to follow him. Yes. Jesus knew Judas was going to trade 30 pieces of 30 silver. pieces of silver for Jesus's life. Yep. Dang. Yeah, and he still called him and he still invested in him and he still cared for him and he still loved him. He still discipled him and he still wow, so allowed him to do ministry and everything. Dang. When you think that somebody is not worth your time, pastor, when you think that somebody is not worth sitting down and listening to or investing in or discipling in, Think about the fact that Jesus invested and discipled in the man that he knew was going to lead to him, his suffering on the cross mm-hmm. and intentionally did it still with that knowledge. And, and it, it just, it puts, it puts a pastor's ministry in, in a different light for me. Yeah. You know, how, how am I supposed to be caring for this person? You know, and, and, and the com- the most common example that I can think of is, you know, we get people who, who come into churches looking for help and looking for something, and we always will say something like, oh, they're just here for a handout, or they're just here for to use us for this, or they're just here to use us for that. Yeah. Okay, maybe they are, but they're there, and it's still an opportunity for you to minister to them in the gospel, with the gospel, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's true. Which is your job. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, we... we- as, that was a that was a rabbit trail that got me going real fast. Yeah, so this I mean, it's a good point though, and it's a gut check for pastors and people in ministry yes. for sure. Yeah. So but that that's what obedience looks like to bring yeah. all to bring it all back. That's what obedience looks like. It says, Not my will, but mm-hmm. your will be done. That you know, and Christ prayed that going to the cross. Not my will, but your will be done. That's what obedience looks like, and that's what Christ perfectly portrays for us as christians yeah yeah so So we we mentioned i mentioned there are two stages of um the agreement between the father and the son we talked about humiliation Mm -hmm. um there's also the exaltation of jesus and that's that christ rose ascended and now by his father's appointment reigns as king over the world and the church so yes you know christ was christ humbled himself he was humiliated to the point of flesh, 
the holy son of God takes on flesh, lives a sinless life, dies a death he doesn't deserve. Um, and then he's exalted, or is resurrected, ascends into heaven, and now reigns over everything. Yes. So, it's kind of a twofold agreement between father and son, in a way. In a way, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a, okay, Jesus, you're going to be humiliated, but then you're also going to be exalted kind of thing. Yes. But, it's because of Jesus' obedience in the humiliation. Yes. That he was also exalted. Exactly. Exactly. And, and... If you look at if you look at Romans eight and the golden chain of salvation, what they call the golden chain of salvation, that's essentially what what the Christian. I mean, you have to be you have to humble yourself to say, I am not in charge of my life. There's nothing that I can do to change. You know, I'm not responsible for. I am responsible for my sin, but I'm not responsible to fix my life or to do that. All of that has to come. By grace, through faith in Christ, and it's by faith alone mm-hmm. that we are saved. And and so so you have that that already and not yet. So you are saved, you're justified, but you're in the process of being justified as well. And so you know, you, you go through this process of justification and that's called sanctification, and that sanctification ends in your glorification. So it's the exact same thing where you start with humiliation or humbling, and you humble yourself to say, I'm not in charge. At the end of it, it's exaltation. It's the glorification where you say, because Christ, because the work and obedience of Christ uh, that he did, and because I am in Christ, mm-hmm. now I can I can walk into that glorification, uh, you know, um, and and the and that's what that's what would be the exaltation of of us as as sons and co heirs with Christ mm-hmm. is is that that final glorification uh, state which is the end of the end of the you know golden chain of salvation so hmm. um, but yeah that's that's what obedience looks like and then part of that obedience is is done through. We've talked about the person of Christ, his obedience, and now now we'll move to the work of Christ, which is his vocation. And, mm-hmm. and you know, Packer uses the word vocation, but, I mean, all vocation is really is a job. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, that's what Christ's mission was. So his mission was the redemption of mankind, and, and the way that he did that, one of the ways that he did that, one of the main ways that he did that was through his baptism. That's how mm-hmm. it was shown to the world. Yeah, was through his baptism, and so Packer points to Mark chapter one, um, talking about. And I'm not going to read that. It's Mark chapter one, verses nine through eleven, um, but it's just talking about the baptism of Jesus Christ, and you you see, um, you know, John John saying that he's not worthy to baptize Jesus, and and Jesus and really insists, and so John baptizes him, and then you have mm-hmm. the Spirit descending on Jesus like a dove. And and then the voice from heaven saying, "This is my son, in whom I'm well pleased." Yeah, yeah. And and there's really um, continuity between John's baptism of repentance uh-huh. and then the Trinitarian baptism that Jesus um, creates, basically at his baptism. Yes. Um, 
they're they're both symbols of cleansing. They're um, they both had this idea of the remission of sins in view. Not that Jesus had sin that he needed to be mm-hmm. to repent of and be cleansed from. Um, but it's you know this it's a symbol it's a symbolic um, way to show that we're being cleansed of our sins. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're identical. Um, Right. Well, I mean, John chapter one shows that they're not identical yeah. because John is baptizing and then Jesus shows up and, and John looks at Jesus and says, you know, I'm not worthy to baptize. I'm not even worthy to untie your sandal, Yeah. much less baptize you. Yeah. you know, John really gets into some of the details of the baptism of Jesus um, that other gospels don't get into. Um, right. But you have that, you have that idea that, that John's was a physical baptism Mm -hmm. you know it's a it's a baptism that's that's meant to say okay i'm i'm physically being baptized and this is a sign of the way that i'm trying to live my life that Mm -hmm. i'm that i'm doing this jesus is baptism that baptism is is what he calls a baptism with fire and water you know Mm -hmm. um where that's a spiritual cleansing uh and that's what you know the the baptism and that's you know baptism doesn't save you Right. Uh, there, there are some denominations that believe like if you die without being baptized, that you'll still go to hell. That's, I, that's not taught in scripture. Right. And so, baptism is required for obedience, but it's not required yes, for salvation. For salvation, exactly. So, if you were to profess Christ and and genuinely believe and be converted uh, through the repentance of your sins, and you're like, man, I want to be baptized. Let's go to a church, and you die in a car wreck on the way. You know uh, that. Just because you weren't baptized doesn't mean you're not going to go to you. Com- you confessed your sin. You were you, you know you're forgiven, mm-hmm. and so you're you are eternally secure in that. Right. But for those who who do profess faith, who don't die in a car wreck immediately after, you need to follow through with baptism. It is a command and ordinance of the Lord, mm-hmm. and it's exampled by the person of Jesus Christ yeah. Himself. So. Every Christian, every professing believer in Christ needs to be baptized, mm-hmm. uh, and and we do that because of the example of Christ. But it is a it is an outward showing of the internal working that has already happened. Exactly. So, so yeah. that's what baptism is. Mm-hmm. And then John, and then Jesus examples that through us. Um, I thought it was interesting in the reading that um, John, you know. After, yeah, so John's commanding the Jews to signify their repentance by mm-hmm. being baptized. Baptized, yeah. And then the Jewish leaders were seeing this as heresy mm-hmm. and disrespectful to, I guess, traditions of the time. It was a new, so it was a new baptism. They had always done baptisms, but they had never done baptisms the way John was doing baptisms. Um, it was kind of, you always kind of had to do it the way they said you had to follow their rituals. You had to do the things that they prescribed mm-hmm. and John wasn't doing that. John was just saying anyone who repents and believes can be baptized. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, and it's the same thing that they did with Jesus. Yeah. You know, you get somebody who comes in there and stirs the pot and immediately the religious leaders are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, um, and so they they did that to John, and and that and John was there saying, 
I'm only doing what God has told me to do, which is to prepare the way for the one who's coming after me. I don't know who that is. I'll know it when, when, uh, God tells me who that is. Uh, but, but I don't know who that is right now. So, so John was, he was pushing a different baptism, but it was still kind of the same intent and purposes as the baptism because you were saying, Oh no, I'm being baptized into this faith. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, he was still, John was still, uh, considered a prophet for Judaism. Yeah. So he, he, you know, he was one of the first coming out of the wilderness after 400 years of silence yeah. from God. So, yeah. yeah. And we did touch on that. Jesus had to be baptized um, in order to fulfill all righteousness. Yeah. Um, and I mean, baptism was a requirement of Israel Mm-hmm. In Jesus' role as Messiah and the Savior of the world, Jesus had to submit to all of God's requirements of Israel. Yes. Um, and then this, you know, baptism helped Jesus identify with those whose sins he had come to bear. So, yes. Yeah, I think, you know, we come, we keep coming back to this. Like, if Jesus hadn't been tempted. He wouldn't have been able to go to the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. He wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have experienced. Um. If he had never experienced temptation, his his death wouldn't have been. I don't want to say enough, but. Well, I mean, it's it's. But it's the same. It's, it's the same idea. Like Jesus yeah. had to be baptized in order to be obedient to the requirements of Israel that God had yeah. put on Israel. Yeah, and and you know. If you if you read through the the story of Christ and the gospels, you you see him say frequently, you know, I'm doing this to fulfill X or I'm doing this to fulfill this. And, you know, one of the one of the ones I can think of off the top of my head is when he goes into the, the synagogue and reads. Uh and he reads from the, the scroll of Isaiah. It's like, you know, the, the person described brings him the scroll, puts it to the right part, and he reads it. Folds it up, gives it back to the the scribe, and goes. Uh, in your hearing, this has been fulfilled. So Jesus is literally claiming to be the the actual fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy mm-hmm. at that time. You know, which which you know, their no their understanding is only the Messiah would do that. Right. And so again, you have this idea that Jesus is saying to to the Jews repeatedly over and over and over again i am the messiah i am the messiah i'm the one here's here's all of my works here's the things that ulta that the scripture says that that i'm going to do i've done all of these things you know and and john specifically writes that he says i write these things so that you will know that jesus is the son of god uh you know and and so with all of that with all of Jesus's vocational actions, uh, doing the job he was sent to do. The only conclusion is either to, to accept that Jesus is the Messiah or reject that Jesus is the Messiah. And if you accept him, you repent, you, you profess him the Lord of your life. You, you live your life in Christ. You reject him. You basically go and, and live your life according to whatever standard apart from Christ that you want to pick. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it really puts puts a little more weight when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life in John chapter 14. No man comes to the Father except by me. 
um, you know, Christianity is often accused of being exclusionary. And, and I don't have any problem saying, yes, it absolutely is exclusionary. Mm-hmm. By its own claims, it is exclusionary. Yeah. Um, you know, but that goes against the feel-good mantra of today's society, and so people don't like that. They, wanna, they want inclusion, and they want to feel good. And so they go into all of these other religions that are feel-good. Jesus never claimed to be inclusive. He said, no one comes to the Father except by me. Period. End yeah. of story. Case closed. And so if you're not following in the vocation of Christ, if you're not in Christ and following his example, then, then you know, I mean, the, the best thing I can tell you right now is you need to stop this podcast and, and go have a serious conversation with, your, with yourself or with God mm-hmm. and say, you know, God, I don't think I am in Christ. Because if you're not in Christ, you are not going into eternal life. That's pretty, I don't know. That may be a rabbit trail that I just chased, but. That's all right. I mean, it's, it's I, these are conversations that are important to have. Yeah. Um, I would, I would hate for somebody to listen to this podcast and it'd be a couple of knuckleheads, you know, saying, um, you know, talking about theology and all this and, and get to a topic like this, like the vocation, like the person and work of Christ. And, if you're listening to this and you're not a believer, you're not a Christian, I, you know, I'm just going to challenge you right here and now examine yourself, mm-hmm. find out what it is that you need to do to get yourself right with Christ. Yeah. What do you need to repent of and what do you need to, to do? Uh, you know, there's no magical formula of, of stay, sit down on your knees and say this magical prayer. I'm, you know, it's not that the, the Bible says, repent and believe mm-hmm. that's what it says. And then after you repent and believe, you go get baptized and you tell other people about it. And so, you know, for Christians, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's something to say, no, you have to go live out your faith. And for people who are not believers, it's something to say, hey, you need to examine yourself and, and say, am I in Christ or am I not in Christ? Do I want to spend eternity in heaven or, or do I want to spend eternity in hell? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, <laughs> yeah. What's next? I, I think we, I think we beat the vocation <clears throat> drum drum a little bit. <laughs> um, so we we talk about the vocation of Christ, and then and then we move one of the ways that that Christ exemplifies. So, if his vocation exemplifies his humanity, that's mm-hmm. his humility. Then the transfiguration is the exact opposite of yeah. that. That exemplifies his divinity. Yeah, and 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 Packer says that it reveals his glory. Um, yeah. And I, if you don't mind, I'm just going to read the from Do Mark it. nine uh, two through four, which is what Packer uses here. It's it just it's the transfiguration of Jesus. So um, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Um, and that's in the NIV, in case you're wondering. So, if it's a different translation, I'm sorry. Um, so, but this, like, the transfiguration of Jesus is significant in the revelation of his deity. 
um, Jesus plans for Peter, James, and John to be the only ones to see it. He planned. He planned for. He planned to lead them up the mountain to show them the transfiguration, mm-hmm. and then he wanted them to be able to testify to that later. Um, yeah, and it's kind of a taste of things to come in, in a way. It's this momentary transition from him concealing his divine glory um, when he returns and we see him as he is. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, I, and anytime I read the Transfiguration, I read about the Transfiguration, I always think about Moses and Mount Sinai. Uh, you know, when, when it's when Moses goes up on Mount Sinai and gets the Ten Commandments and, and he comes back down and it's it says that, you know, Moses basically was glowing uh-huh. because he encountered the he encountered the the majesty and the glory of God. This is saying his face shines so bright that those couldn't the people couldn't even look people at him. Look at him. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean <clears throat> and and then remember, you know, what does he do coming down from the mountain but see the people worshiping a golden calf and, and he gets mad and breaks the tablets. Yeah. So just because you got the glory on you doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was always my takeaway from that. I don't know if that's theological or not, but but my, my takeaway was always, it don't matter how much glory you got, you can still mess it up. Yeah. Um. But, but that's what, you know, that's what Christ is doing for Peter, James, and John here. Mm-hmm. Is is he saying, you know, you know me, you are my inner circle, you are the people who know me the best. Let me show you this side of me. Yeah, and and he, you know, he basically lets his glory shine through. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, of course, they want to mark it with altars and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think of like Jesus being. I don't know if I want to use the word vulnerable, but I'm going to. But he's being vulnerable to those that he cares about that he shows the most care to the, he shows the yeah. most care to I mean it's a lot like a small group leader getting vulnerable and yes. saying hey look our marriage is crumbling or um, I'm really struggling with this this and this and I need I, you know it's not the same but it's similar yeah. in how Jesus is showing Peter James and John you know this is just a small taste of the glory that is to come. Yeah. I want you to tell other people about it. Yeah. Yeah. And and because he did that, because he showed him that, that was a that event became a significant revelation uh-huh. of God's kingdom on earth. Yeah. You know. Um in the old testament we had Moses and Elijah, and if you if you've ever studied the Passover at all, you know that, that especially Second Temple which is after 70 AD. So second temple Jews, when they celebrate the Passover, they leave a empty spot for Elijah because they think, you know, Jews as, as a people, not messianic Jews, but Jews as a people do not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. So they still believe that somebody's coming, the Messiah who is Elijah like, and that, and that's what they, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they thought maybe it was John the Baptist and then John the Baptist shut that down real fast. He's like, Nope, not me. Yeah. Sorry. Too bad. Don't say it. Um, and so, so they're like, okay, well, if it's not John the Baptist, who is it? And so they, they keep looking for this Elijah. And, and then as a, at a Passover Seder meal, uh, they leave one empty spot 
in the, in the empty spot is for the hope that Elijah or the Messiah will come. Mm. And of course, if you're if you're a messianic Jew and you celebrate that, you look at that empty spot and you say, "Man, we know that this was prepared for for Elijah, but we also know that this was fulfilled by the person and work of Christ. Uh-huh. This was this was done." in the person of Christ. And, and that gives us cause for celebration that he was our Passover lamb in the old Testament. It was a lamb that we had to find and we had to kill and we had to, and, and all of these rules. Then Christ came and Christ fulfilled that. We don't have to do that anymore, but we do it in honor and in recognition and in celebration of what Christ and what he did. Mm-hmm. And so, so you have this, this idea that the obedience of Christ and the vocation of Christ all lead to the transfiguration or the glory of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's what we celebrate is the glory of Christ. It's mm-hmm. not our glory. It's not anything that he shares with us, Yeah, but we still get to have a stake in it because we are in Christ. Yeah. So, yeah. Transfiguration. Yeah. I like it. This is a good one. Um, I, mean, I just want to close, I guess, with this. Um, so, uh, Packer quotes F.B. Meyer at the end of the chapter here. And uh, F.B. Meyer said, The door through which Moses and Elijah had come stood open, and by it our Lord might have returned, but he could never, under those circumstances, have been the Savior of mankind. He knew this, so he set his face toward Calvary. And, uh, Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Amen and amen. So, man, that's that's a good discussion. Yeah, that I was, like that. And I don't feel like that was too terribly much. No, no, we. I think I think we're getting better at condensing down a little bit. <laughs> I think we're having to at some point. So, um, if you, if, uh, sorry, go ahead. I say, if somebody wants to find us on the social media, we we're both going to say the same thing. The same thing. Yeah. So, um. So yeah, we're on Twitter at Beers and Bible P one. We are on the Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. You can email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook now. And that is just Beers and Bible Podcast. And that's all the places we are right now, I think. That's it. We don't, we don't have a need to be on TikTok or Snapchat or anything. So, dude, I'll never be on TikTok. That thing is stupid. <laughs> it's like Vine reincarnate. It really like it's like long versions of Vine. I've never been on it, so I have no idea. You well, it's somebody told me to download it one day. You can actually like download it and just watch people's videos. You don't have to have an account oh, or anything. That's good to know. So, some of the videos. I mean. If you need to waste time, I'm sure for every like one good video, there's a hundred bad ones. Yeah, probably closer to a thousand. But. Anyway, <laughs> rabbit trail. We're sorry back. about that. Sorry um, about that. Hey, happy Valentine's Day. Enjoy the enjoy the evening, fellas. Make sure you get something for your wife or girlfriend. Yes. Take her to dinner, <laughs> not McDonald's. Take her to a nice sit down meal without a drive through. And tip your waiter. I.E. Waffle House. <laughs> every time that works, every and I've t- done that. Every time we go somewhere, my wife will say, nowhere with a drive-thru. 
So, one day, Waffle House will be within the realm of possibility. <laughs> and she won't be able to say no. So anyway, until next week, everyone have a good week. And, I don't know. Peace out. Peace out. See ya. Deuces. You enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible. Please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. 